millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Unsung Podcast, where we talk about classic albums and decide if they deserve that distinction. And we also talk about some unsung classics in the hopes of bringing them to a new audience. And at the end of it all, we let you decide if we are right or wrong. This is the Unsung Podcast. Before we move on to this episode, we just need to do a little bit of housekeeping. So on the last episode, we discussed Depeche Mode's 1990 record, Violator. So as ever, we put it up to the public vote and the public decided that yes, this would be added to a discography of all-time great records, which is amazing because that now makes it the second record in a discography. So that joins Jane Doe by Converge as one of our all-time classic records as decided by you, the public. Thank you very much to everybody that listened and voted. We really appreciate it. On this episode, we talk about Introducing by DJ Shadow. Producing. From listening to records, I just knew what to do. I am your host Mark Fraser, otherwise known as the Curator, and I'm joined today by two lovely gentlemen. Hi, uh, to my right is Christopher Cusack. Uh, he's the only man I've seen today with his self-prepared uh, gin and tonic salad. Uh, I have to say, I'm very impressed. Big, nice plastic cup you've got there. It's one of my five a day. One of your five a day. All four slices of cucumber. Uh, does that have you matched the gin to the f- the f- the dressing? Bombay sapphire. Bombay sapphire. Mm. I thought Bombay sapphire was a lemon. Garnish. Bombay sapphire. Oh, I think you've gone wrong. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know what is it. You've got to match the gin to the garnish. Yeah, I thought that was a cucumber one, though. No, I think Hendrix is the only one I know that's a cucumber. Is that right? Alas. Anyway, hi, Chris. Maybe that's why I'm having such an awful time. <laughs> or maybe it's your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to my left is David Weaver. David John Weaver. The only man that when he orders a small wine... He just means a normal-sized bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't have a box. I'll just mm. have a... I'm going to bring you a straw next time. That would be nice. Save, a curly straw. Save you the calories <laughs> on lifting that arm. <laughs> shall we? Yeah, we shall. So on this episode, we're talking about Introducing by DJ Shadow, which I believe was David's pick. It was indeed. Why? I'm surprised that neither of you were that into it. Like, I thought it was a sort of, sort of genre-spanning sort of classic for fans of loads of... Shit. Um, I haven't read about it. Yeah. I, I think you're right in that belief. I just 
That's weird ignorance. Hi. So, I mean, I was playing a gig when I was 17 with my band who sounded like a cross between Finch and Thrice. It's just a band that's done a cover of almost everything I mention every week. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were playing in a hotel in the Highlands, uh, this gig that we put on. And then started the, a really good horror film. Aye. And then the <laughs> DJ was playing this track that I'd, I think I kind of recognised, but I just didn't know what it was. And it was... And then I went up and asked him, and he said it was organ donor, like the extended cut by DJ Shadow. You kind of swished your fringe to one side. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I was 17. I was into, you know, everything that I was into when I was 17. Mm-hmm. The only sort of electronic music that I knew was like, I don't know, Chemical Brothers and The Prodigy and Did stuff. Did you say Finch and Thrice? Because after you said that, I just heard thrush. <laughs> I'm sure it started with a th, but there was a bird thrush. Yeah. It must have been the emo band thrush. <laughs> Weeping from uh, <laughs> <laughs> crying eyes. Um, I love this record. I do. Like I have the have uh, haven't seen have the the extended edition on CD. Mm-hmm. I, I really love this album. So I was I was. Ah, right, it wasn't okay. something that came in my mind to ever yeah. be contentious for this podcast. But it makes sense because it's a fucking great album. Like I really like it. Yeah. So this is kind of handy, right? Because I'm, I'm sort of the, I'm the newbie. Yeah, I'm the newbie here, and I'm very much kind of like I was like I had to go away and really do homework in this and sort of try and get familiar with it. And I think like, yeah, I think that'll be. There's some interesting angles. Having talked to other people that have listened to it already and been like, am I, am I, am I, am I? you know? And they're telling me they're taking it, and I'm seeing it from a whole other point of view. I'll get to that anyway. The point being. I think without having heard it, I don't know why, uh, and I may be alone here, but I, 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 for some reason, had associated it with people like Square Pusher and even some of the Apex Twin stuff. I hadn't mm-hmm. done, you know, my due diligence to try and work out if this music was actually comparable. Then it's, yeah. it's not. I yeah. don't think, but I don't know why I'd assumed it was. I think I actually assumed it was a bit harder and a bit edgier than it is, um, and uh, yeah, that's why I kind of. Mentally had put it in that box without having actually ever taken the time to listen to it. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, it always it gets marked down as a hip hop record. Mm. Yeah, I know it's that yeah. electronic. Well, trip um, hop, right? definitely it's a like, trip hop yeah. record. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. in terms of sound, I would you know I'd classify it as trip hop or electronic. I, I read I think a, a quote that described it as trip hop's crowning achievement. Yeah, it was like one of the like his previous EP was it called Influx or something mm. was the one that was credited as being the the end of the. The arrival of the trip hop genre, at, at least based on stuff I was reading. Yeah, because yeah. it was released in Moax, which like it was, it was released in the UK and it was a big hit in the UK. And I remember reading that he went home back home to California and he was like really surprised that nobody picked up on it. And I'm sure, yeah, 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 I read that as well. Kind of yeah. shocked, and it's that's really weird for me because I guess trip hop's a big thing in the UK, though. Do you know what I mean? Mass attack and all that, and yeah, it's sort of that genre sort of was built in you know Bristol and that yeah. sort of scene. At the same time as, you know, things like that were happening yeah, in the States. Yeah, and stuff would have been coming yeah. at that time, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I saw as well that in the States it took a lot longer for him to catch on. And it charted a lot higher in the UK than it did in the States as well. Mm. I think it went gold in the UK, didn't it? Mm, I think so. Uh, it, it charted at number 17, which was reasonably high. So what was your take on the record then? Okay. Because uh, we've both said we really like it, so... Yeah. I can't say I like it. Um... Bearing in mind though that I've only just started listening to it, 
and I, I do I do think it's like it's obviously highly enough spoken about that it merits you know going back to it to try mm-hmm. and get a bit more out of it I think and it, this, is, this is a conversation I've been having this week actually because I played this to my flatmate who also hadn't listened to it and he's a guy whose taste I really trust and he really liked it he was like wow man I'm really glad you've been doing this because this is this is great and I was like alright cool so I'm you know seeing first hand that it, even now it's got some relevance it's you know even now it's you know definitely got some longevity I think the problem for me <laughs> and I'm maybe slightly biased on it I, I can't explain why is it this was also credited there was a really there was a really really good quote um, I have hang on two seconds I've got it noted down here um, it was a quote about how this had uh, yeah so I think it was the AV Club mm. um, said that the impact of the album quote had partially been diluted by the symphonic beat collage culture it helped spawn. And I think that's what ruins this for me, right? Because I hear the album and I can tell that it was innovative at the time. I can see that, I can read it, I can, you know, I can see all the testimony to that effect. All I hear, though, is the 10 years of, like, sort of sample music that came on the came off the back of it yeah. that is, like, the backing noise and really boring bars. I mean, I, I used to work in, you remember the place that we ran in Glasgow, me and Ian ran a, a venue. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a couple of total wankers that, that ran this place. And their idea of music in the bar was to put on this music that was just, um, these these two guys that owned it, that still own a bar in Glasgow, by the way. And so if you want to hear this music, you can go down and <laughs> check it out. Um, but like these guys, their idea of putting on background music was just this kind of weird, soulless, bland sort of, trip hop stuff with these like slightly jazzy diminished chords that really went nowhere and there was there was no real hook it was just sort of like percussion with bits of melody and unfortunately for me it sounds like it albeit maybe slightly diluted but it sounds a lot like this to me and so I'm kind of retrospectively judging this as going so you're the prick that started all this <laughs> and that's kind yeah, of the totally. thing I'm mm-hmm. like I'm hearing where but that the- can be said for so many different albums though maybe I think maybe you just haven't had enough time with this one for it to like but well, well, but that's that's actually that's actually my next point. This the, it got me thinking, right? Because as we we both know, I'm a fan of Faith No More. Yeah. And few bands are more responsible for the the the, the aberration that was new metal than yeah. Faith No More. And so, do you just like do you judge them? Yeah. Retrospectively, well, I mean, the based on what they created. But the problem is, if you miss it at the time, see, I, I got Faith No More at the time, so I liked them. Yeah. And I didn't hold them entirely responsible for that shit. But having missed this at the time. Going back to it, all I can hear is this in reference to all this garbage that just, you know, it's another thing. I was like, who actually produces that music? Who actually produces that tedious backwash that's in all these places? And like, and it, some of that apparently is producers who actually realise they can make more money just selling that shit. Yeah, absolutely. And then pursue their own projects elsewhere. But it's awful. I mean, it's just like, it's just, it's just filler. It's just like this glut of stuff that's out there taking up time and on and, and personal sound systems in various places and it's it's just mm-hmm. I can't really get away from that when I'm listening to this album and I know that's unfair in this album but you know yeah ask me for my honest opinion I'm afraid there's three there's three things that I can take away from what you said there is like the first one is when, when you talk about this being like music and bars this, whenever I hear this and I can't, I can't help it either I immediately this is a very specific reference but you guys will no doubt understand it it makes me it makes me think of the beer hall 
immediately. Funnily enough. <laughs> that's, that's what it makes me think I of. was talking about a couple of wankers yeah. earlier. <laughs> and that's exactly what I expect when I hear this record. Secondly, so you're talking about... That's, that's uncanny. That's uncanny. I mean, there's a lot of bars in Glasgow <laughs> and he nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Genuinely, um, folks, there were there were no visual cues there. There was not. Other, was, other than yeah. my look of surprise when he just said that. But anyway, then, another thing is... Um, you, you've hit upon something which I think not only I find quite difficult but I think a lot of people find quite difficult and that's removing yourself from the present context to think about it in the context of when it was released and the biggest example of that for me is when I started listening to Led Zeppelin I was oh. like I don't understand why this is such a big deal but it takes you a while to understand well hang on it was yeah. the first it was the first iteration of this kind of thing nobody'd done it before yeah but on the other hand it's like it doesn't mean to say people haven't perfected it and done it better now yeah, you know what I mean? well I mean I think a record that we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks is actually responsible for so much terrible music no question um, but you know <laughs> it's also responsible for a lot of great music yeah, and yeah. it is itself well we'll, we'll discuss <laughs> it really, I realise what when you mean yeah. Um, but um, yeah I think this album's also responsible for a lot of really you know inspiring a lot of really incredible stuff as well you know um, stuff like you know, you know, bands like Bonobo and uh, Cinematic Orchestra have taken that sort of, mm-hmm. um, sort of analog warmth of this record, and the sort of post rock elements as well, and you know, built upon that, and uh, and that's you know something like I go back to is that with this record is that it's not a hip hop record, it's not an electronic record, it's not, it's all of these things, um, and yeah. It's got that sort of, even though everything's sampled, it feels kind of live and it feels like, you know. It feels so organic. Yeah, it feels so organic and warm. Played as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, d- he did play it. I mean, I was reading a bit about the, because he used really minimal amount of tech for this, mm. you know, it was just like, it was that, 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 just wasn't it? Yeah, Akai MPC mm. 60, I think was his main mm. thing. And as somebody who uses an MPC 1000, not the same, but they're amazing. And I can see how, you know, they can just, you, the, the possibilities when you're using them are, are astonishing. So it must have been pretty amazing for him to actually really go down that rabbit hole of like, let's see what I can do with just this minimal array of stuff and time. Because it took him two years as well, apparently. Yeah. You know, he was just like, was it bin diving, you know, like to, to get all these records? That's what the picture is in the cover, mm-hmm. apparently. It's like him. Yeah, it's know, just his favourite record store. Vinyls, yeah. I mean, I, mean th- I think that album cover, like, is one of those beautiful ones that just totally defines the record. Because it's, mm. you know, it's blurry, it's warm. It's analog. It's just guys looking at records at night time. You know, like I, I remember coming down to Glasgow when I was like seven or eight with my parents and going in like a night out would be going to the big Tower Records and just like <laughs> spending the night in Tower yeah. Records. And like I would do that like once a year and I'd look forward to it because it was just amazing. You know, I was in that building two years ago after it. Now it's really? like sitting there uh, empty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like me and John went in to have a look inside it and. Just have a wee. Just to have a wee nosy, man. It's absolutely fascinating. Honestly, just going around all, all the, the stuff's weird... all there. Like there's there's bits and bobs of stuff inside yeah. it. It's just like a total ghost town. It really yeah. is because you can remember being in it, like you say, Aye. for hours at a time. Yeah. Now you're in it and it's like really shuttered in darkness and there's like pigeons flying out the road and stuff. Oh it's man, really trippy. Hmm. Really, really trippy. But there's something just amazing about like spending a night in an amazing record store, and I think that's what this album is. Like yeah, to a lot totally. of people, it's like, and even like. Um, there's like some records that are more explicit with it. Like for instance, um, remember after Fat the Land, the Prodigy or Liam Howlett uh, released the Dirt Chamber sessions, 
which was like an album of the Prodigy's influences. And I think it was supposed to be a, like a, a, a series, but he only ever released one. And I got that. And it was actually really amazing because it was just samples and like chunks of songs, everything from like Public Enemy to Sex Pistols to like, like punk dance electronica. And I just went through the sample list and like found loads and loads and loads of new music. And although this one is kind of built more to be its own thing, it's also like just something that's really nice to get lost in and then it's a very, very cool go find sample some. in it. Yeah. yeah. I'll get I'll give it that. Like there's some really interesting was it Metallica in it? Bjorn, yeah, yeah, Orion. Um Kraftwerk. Uh, Watch is on it. And some of the some of the bits in the middle and at the end as well was it the, the giant from Twin Peaks that finishes it? Yeah, saying it's happening again. Yeah, and uh, Prince of Darkness as well. That that movie that's the kind of mm. in between tracks. Yeah, thing. That's, that's a great film. Like, yeah, really really cool. I mean, yeah, it, it gets points for you know kind of kitsch sort of yeah cool name dropping in that sense. I guess. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi folks, it's Mark here. I just thought I'd jump in right here. I know it's right in the middle and I'm sorry for breaking up the conversation. But I just thought I'd jump in to say, if you enjoy this podcast, you can donate. Now, I know you may be listening to quite a lot of podcasts who ask you to donate some money. At this moment in time, we are running this podcast just out of the goodness of our own hearts. And we love doing it. We love doing this podcast. We think it's awesome. But any money that you could maybe spare to give to us to fund this podcast would be a huge weight off our shoulders. We want to keep making this podcast. We enjoy making this podcast, but it costs us money to host audio, to pay for websites, you know, all that kind of thing. So if you're so inclined, you can head on over to www.unsongpod.net forward slash donate. And if you go over there, you can donate some money to our podcast. Now, you can do it on a monthly basis or you can do it just on a one-off basis if you want. But any and all contributions are appreciated, no matter how big or how small. All the money that you can give us will help us to keep the lights on and keep the seats warm. And now, let's get back to this episode. I think for me, and I think for a lot of people, it was just an album that you could totally get lost in and I I found it in my first year at university and you've been to Stirling University Halls mm, yes. little tiny dungeons <laughs> so the ones that weren't burnt down eh? aye, exactly <laughs> so like for me I had I like I ended up just taking like three CDs to uni uh, and that was one of them just like, like when you so DJ just, now yeah exactly <laughs> I know <laughs> two Pantera CDs Miley Cyrus aye and then um, but like just you know getting used to being on your own, living away from your parents, living in this little dark dungeon and 
that was just like a nice little. Can I ask? See, have have you seen? Because so just before we lose track of it, have you seen Scratch? No. Right. So there's a documentary called Scratch. I think it was like mm-hmm. came out in two thousand and two thousand and one, something around that. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's got footage of him, you know, sourcing the records and the process yeah, yeah, that he yeah. went through and stuff. And apparently, yeah, I've never watched it. I've never it's watched it. It's a total it. enthusiast's thing. It's it's Aye. probably pretty good. I was going to say as well. I think one of the reasons you might struggle with this, and one of the reasons I struggle with it, is because this is the default hip hop sound now. If you have if you have no ideas for creating a hip hop track, you usually do something like this. Well, I'm the whitest guy in the room, so I've got no ideas for anything to do with hip hop. Yeah, like if you if you go and see any local hip hop acts or of any kind or any small hip hop acts, so they don't really have yeah, they aren't doing like trap stuff, but yeah. like the more sort of classic hip hop. Mm. They don't have yeah, an they use samples that just sound use like this shit, yeah. like mm. acoustic guitars, mm. like smooth sort of trippy beats. It's so mm. emulated, it's it's frightening. Yeah, it really is. Mm. Well, I can um, believe that. I guess I I just think unfortunately. Aspects of it that seem to be emulated a lot as well are the blandness of yeah. certain passages. Like it's Whereas just... from which is annoying because like the bits that stand out for me are like the like in stem long stem like that drum that comes in. It's just like really really fast, like sort of kick and snare, and and then it just like cuts out. And it's like stuff like that you wouldn't ever hear in a shitty bar that just plays, you know, crappy. Mm. Yeah, no, I, it's I like it. That, that stuff's there's so many exciting bits cut. in this. Yeah. That stuff's too challenging. Yeah, for, exactly. And then, for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's a right. Like, I would say some of the songs are probably too long, but on the other hand, like the songs evolve. Like, you can see he's got an idea that he's getting towards with each song. Yeah. It's like a sweet almost, you know, which, which your mileage, your mileage may vary on that. Like, you might not necessarily think that's a good thing. Because it can be frustrating as well, I think. It's a pretty yeah. downbeat yeah. album as well. I mean, I Very read that the so. guy was yeah. pretty, you know, pretty depressed at the time of making it. Mm. And like when he was, he had like somebody, was it techno anxiety or something like he described mm. as being the the theme, like the, the musical theme, but yeah. supposedly said that even he feels it's quite downbeat in retrospect. I mean, how, do, how does it compare to his later work? Because this was his first full album, right? Yeah, yeah. this is his so how first does it, full like, record. As a, and then as a total he, novice, had, he did know? some work with Cut Chemist, he's done a lot of stuff with him. Um, he had like a full sort of extended edition and like second disc of this that came out with like loads of random clips. But I think his second record, Private Press, is actually underrated. It doesn't quite have the like the warmth of this. The warmth it doesn't have like that. You know, for instance, just the sound of the 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 record needle. You know, mm. the uh, going all the way more through. More polished, yeah. It is slightly more polished and it's maybe got some more like overtly heavy hip hop, you know, beats in it and some weird like it's got Simon and Garfunkel samples in it and stuff like that. Um but I really, really like that album actually. Uh Simon and Garfunkel is pretty heavy. Oh, I mean absolute <laughs> heft. Um but He's moved away from he moves away from the sound a lot in his career, like he gets Yeah. He gets his he, I think he deliberately moves quite far from it because it's he's, yeah. people will hold it in such high regard and he knows that. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. he doesn't have a work to recreate that. There's there's parts in the second record that are like just this expanded, um, you know, taking that sort of the acoustic guitar bits with, you know, hip hop drum beats. But then when that third record came out, uh, The Outsider featured just loads and loads of guest singers and hip hop artists and to me it was just an absolute total mess <laughs> and I don't think it's gone down well historically either and like he's obviously a very talented uh, you know turntablist and mixer and stuff like that and that's what he was kind of doing on that record but 
he's just made a rod for his own back with his first album, basically. Yeah, that's it. He doesn't want to, which it, and it's like you know, fair play to him. He doesn't want to go and sort of repeat what he's he knows he's good at, mm. and you know, play at the crowd. But um, I've never been in. Why don't folks? Why don't bands? Why don't artists just stop? I got. I got. This is one of the things that's. Probably, and I've got a lot of peeves. You know that. <laughs> you can yeah. vouch for that. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of peeves. One of my top three would be, why don't more musicians just fucking stop? I think that's something. You know what I mean? It's just like, when they've, they've, they've said everything they've got to say or that it's just not coming anymore, why? I mean, I get that it's about income. I get that it's about status. I, I get that, but... It's, wish... al- it's also very difficult to have that, like, context. Like, to see it... F- objectively. Con- objectively, yeah. yeah. Like... How do you, if you're making you don't know if you've made a classic record you can only read the fucking reviews, so you don't know when you made a shit record, like five five years into making you know the 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 next great comeback record you know it's like Jesus Weezer shut up you know it's like, <laughs> like why why don't like it, it is frustrating because you know. You yeah, but people do, still buy it. Yeah, but you can it's go the same do something reason else. like people still make fucking co- superhero oh, and comic book films. Don't don't get me wrong because though. people still go to the cinema and spend twelve quid a ticket. Yeah, on don't it. get me wrong. Sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm like I'm, it's I'm, not the artist's fault. It's a bit it's of a rhetorical. Fault. It's a bit of a rhetorical question. I get yeah. why people are motivated to continue with a project, but uh, it is incredibly frustrating when it diminishes their earlier catalog when they go on to make. I mean, I increasingly agree. redundant music. Yeah. for audiences who are. As they get older, for various reasons, less and less and less invested in the music and simply going through the motions of, oh, hey, there's a new album coming out. And by the way, there's probably a fair few bands we were going to touch on in, in the course of this that are mm. guilty of this. In yeah, there's way. very few and it's like, managed to have any longevity. Like, folks, go and do something else. Change yeah. the name, get a new project, get a couple new folk in, freshen it up, yeah. you know, and leave this as a nice thing. You know, do do the do the decent thing and say, that's that's run its course, Just that was do nice. Kurt Cobain and... Oh, you're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than a few bands that have done Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think the drive to keep creating it's just in a person, though, isn't it? And you just want to keep doing it. Is it? I, I don't know, I man. So. I don't know if the drive to keep creating is it. I think it's more the drive, the, 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 the thirst for relevance and the thirst to be. It's like it's like the film, the show extras. It's like the thirst to be able to walk into a restaurant and get a table. There's so many people get so used to being, you know, giving guesties and getting all that kind of shit that eventually they just can't give up their band or they need to get the band back together because nobody cares who they are yeah, anymore but if you've been in a at band, the drive-in if you've been in a band <laughs> since you were 14 and you got your first record deal when you were 18 and you released that album when you were 20 and you've been touring and maybe you've spent 15 years and your relevance has gone down what like that's your life. That's all you know. It's like being a footballer. If you started being Aye, a footballer a rhythm, when you're 14... Man. You don't go back to playing football when you're 48. No, you become oh, a football guys, pundit or you become right. a foot... You know... Aye. Like, you become so, really depressed. So do something you just, else. You don't know but how that's, to do that's, I think that's the, the opposite argument there. It's like you, you you don't just try and keep recreating what you were recreating with diminishing returns. You, you say, yeah, right... But like when you're a footballer, your legs go. So you can't be a footballer. If, you, if your legs didn't go, you'd keep being a footballer. Well, a musician, your legs don't go. You just like you lose that spark. But Tell me anybody other than Chris Rhea who's remained relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, nah, I, I, I just I don't buy it. I get the logic. No, I completely it. agree. But like, but what I'm saying is, you're never going to have. It's tragedy, man. It's pure tragedy. And like ninety percent of the cases, it's pure tragedy. It's it's totally like extras. It's him trying to get into a restaurant and them saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have your name down." Oh, but we need to get the band together again. I mean, look at all the. Now we're just living in an era of perpetual reunion tours. Oh, and it's I just full saw, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, DJ Shadow, I don't know. I'm just asking you guys here. But 
if he's never made anything as relevant, like, wouldn't you just stop and be like, I'm going to do something else, get another moniker, maybe work with someone else and call it something else, you know? The thing in this case is, though, like, he didn't, when he created this record, he wasn't trying to do anything and he's still not trying to do anything, he's just making the music. He's just an individual, it's not like he's a band with a concept. He's just a guy. I stick a cork in this, right? You guys <laughs> like it. I don't. And I'm not. I'm, I don't fall out with it. I think it's a. Uh, it's competent. I think I just to really appreciate it, I would have needed to get any nearer the time. And I think it's sullied by its own legacy, and that's not its fault. But I find yeah. it really hard to separate that personally. I think that's, a, that's like I said earlier on. I think that's a, a common thing for people. Like that happens to a lot of people when it comes to records that you can't. You just you can't. You can't deny time. Yeah, and you can't change the the space of time it was when it came out. Now you can't deny time. <laughs> wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> it's true. Um, I well, I fucking love this album. I like it a lot mm. too. Um, yeah. I like that it's got a it's got it does stuff that hip hop still doesn't do. Really, a lot of big hip hop doesn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lead motif running throughout. The, the attention to production and detail is is immense. Like totally incredible and. People try to recreate it and they don't. And there's some great DJs out there who do the same thing, like like R two DJ, R J D two, yeah, and um, DJ Format and all that kind of thing. Like they 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 do similar things and they're really fucking good at it, the instrumental hip hop thing. Um, but there's something there's there's lightning in a bottle with this record, and I don't even think he realised it was happening. Mm. Um, and I think that's why he's not tried to recreate it either. Yeah, you know. As I said, I, I'm completely indifferent to it. It's not a slight. I can. I didn't mind it, but uh, it didn't push any buttons whatsoever. Yeah. Well, well that's fair. That is, I can see that as well. I can understand that argument because <laughs> it can be. I mean, you're particularly hip hop. Is hip hop a big thing you're into? You just said you're the whitest guy ever. So <laughs> Dave's <laughs> laughing at that. <laughs> I take it the answer's no. Then no. That's fair enough. I mean. If you're not in hip hop, this is like like I said. But this is, is this hip hop? This doesn't sound like. This is now the me. default hip hop sound. Like all this. But you were saying it isn't hip hop. I don't think it was at the time. It comes from a hip hop. It's it's a funny one. It comes from a very hip hop background because he is a hip hop guy, um, and then a lot of the sounds have been taken by the hip hop scene to be used as like sort of you know beats etc. And it's got but, beats throughout the entire thing, which yeah, is like a standard. But standing on its own for me, thing. it's not a hip hop record. Mm. To me, it's an electronic record with like that touches on so many other genres. Can I just point out that hip hop's a really silly phrase? <laughs> just <laughs> the noise of hip hop, but because we're so used to it, we're just throwing it in there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, a lot of guys are influenced <laughs> by this record as well, and that's why it is the default hip hop sound for people who they don't really. See, now I can only hear that in the yeah, sentence. I know. Hip hop. Hip hop. Well, I'm guessing you guys are putting it in. I would, I would like would it like to go to, in. Yeah. I would like it to go in. Mm-hmm. And Chris, you always wouldn't. I'd use it to hold the door open. I wouldn't <laughs> put it in. <laughs> you could use his record fucking collection to hold the door open. That must be immense. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold the fucking vault door open. Um, so I guess, are we going to talk any more about the actual record itself or are we just going to like <laughs> debate why it should be here? Uh, um, I, no, I'm like, I think people can just re- listen to the record and take it for themselves. For me, it's like, I've had so many train journeys home just listening to it and sort of falling asleep to it or listening to it and like finding new things in it and I mean fuck I've been listening to it for like 12 years mm-hmm. it's 20 years old now and I still listen to it and find new little bits in it because it's so subtle so yeah I just it's just one of those ones that's a full perfect album for me I've got a feeling if you've if you haven't heard it before you 
probably won't like it if you listen to it now, just because of the same reason. Like, yeah. this has, I think, it'll be really difficult to connect, connect with it. I love hip hop, so um, I don't even particularly like that that kind of era of hip hop particularly. But yeah. this this does stand out to me, like. And I, I, there's a lot of things on it I love. Like he takes a piss at the G Funk sound, which is like the big Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg thing at the time. Mm-hmm. That was why hip hop sucks in '96. That kind of thing. Holding steam from a grain of salt as well. It's just a fucking. It's like the standout track for me. It's just a banger. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen him live a few times, and that's the one that when he plays it, everybody it goes off, man. Yeah. Yeah. So if you dig it, you'll dig it, and if you don't, then yeah, I don't think I think it'll be hard to get into. But listen to it anyway, and then given and that then, we're then assessing yeah. the underground or. Given that we're ostensibly assessing albums that are maybe a little under-recognised, it's probably worth pointing out that I think Time Magazine had this in their top 100 of all time. Yeah. So it's not necessarily underrated. Mm-hmm. And in my personal opinion, I don't think it's underrated. Mm-hmm. So if that was the question, do you think this is underrated? No. Yeah, but should it be going on the list of great albums? Yeah. And I think some people it already is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ours is definitive though. I mean, that's that's the spiel. Ours is the fucking one. Our, is, our list is, is the is, fucking list. That is a, an issue. <laughs> so the, I guess we have decided. We've not decided. We've kind of disagreed a little bit on this one. So it's healthy. It's healthy. This is this is the name of the game, isn't it? Yeah. This, this is why we do it. It's not like a, it's not like it's the first time we've done it either. <laughs> um, so let us know if you like it or not. Go and vote on our Facebook page. Um, if you want it to go in, if you don't want it to go in, it's totally up to you. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess we move on to the next record next week. So what is next, Chris? Oh, Mr. Beast by Mogwai. Mogwai. <laughs> Mogwai. I have a lot to say about that record. Yeah, this could, this could be a bumper episode. Man. Yeah. So looking, looking forward to that one, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. As ever. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh it's happening again. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.